0: Hello everybody, welcome to uh, Sonic Talk number 288, recording live today, Wednesday the 24th of October. I know it is because it's my daughter's birthday, happy birthday Nelly, nine years old today, Getting to be a big girl now. She'll probably never see this, but, you know, I feel like I, I want to. It's the only thing I can do publicly. But anyway, she's, uh, she's having a lovely day, although she's had to go to school. Right, uh, let's go to our guests. Uh, we've got a triumvirate, uh, a Skype triple uh, triptych. Uh, over on the left there, we've got Mr. Dave Spears from GeForceSoftware.com. Well,
1: happy birthday, Nelly, anyway, even though you won't hear this. That's it. Now because that'll work. that works boring.
0: Right, Dave Spears, GeForceSoftware.com. Hello. Uh, make us a fine musical instrument. You were showing off a couple of synths there. Are they new to the uh, to the plot, or have they just been uh, brought in because there was shelf space?
1: Yeah, no, uh, they, they're they kind of new. Actually, I'll tell you what, this is really cool. So we've got an 800 dB and an MS-20, but this yep. is really cool, a case for the MS-20.
0: No, Really? Oh, nice. That looks a bit like a flugelhorn case. Yeah, oh.
1: it's so uncool. It's actually cool. And you open it up and <laughs> it goes Ooh. in
2: there.
0: Is it, is it a proper Korg one then?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Original. Wow. Oh, that's beautiful. It's absolutely amazing.
0: Official Ooh. Korg luggage.
1: That's awesome it all in the
0: park. <laughs> I like the idea of that because they're yeah. not easy things to, to, to transport because they've got such a. Well, it's L shaped, isn't it, basically? Anyway Dave, thank you for joining us uh, Let's go over to uh, our central uh, The man in the middle, um, Gaz Williams from uh, well, at ah.
2: Yes, website is just a matter of moments away
0: at Gaz Goldstar on Twitter You can follow him on Twitter and he will tweet, <sighs> tweet things. Uh, I have to um, say, you didn't actually send me a link for the 12 uh, hour MP3 single ah. Unfortunately, I was There were no questions he... asked on YouTube <laughs> yes I've got um, I've got yeah I, I've lost it <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, so I'm having to we're having to sort of go through the old archives trying recreate
0: to it. it you have to redo it
3: oh no <laughs> <You've lost laughs> it. <Yeah.
2: laughs> uh, but but I think the drummer's got a copy so I'm ah, gonna get that's alright then so, so apologies uh, some people have written to me so apologies I will get it to them uh, and I'll send you a link uh, or find a way to Get it up online. Anyway, Gaz yeah.
0: Williams, uh, bass player, extraordinaire, um, ah. songwriter, producer, uh, mastering engineer. In fact, um, I was just working on your Sonus Wahoo piece. I sent you a link to it. Did you get that? I just watched it
2: literally moments before I came online. So, uh, uh, yeah. yes. Okay. Yeah. All right, oh, brilliant. Yes. <laughs> so until later, folks. Yes,
0: I'm trying to figure out whether you're happy or sad at the moment, but I'm not going to second-guess you. Anyway, thank you very much, Gaz, for joining us. And we're also going to go over to Mr. Richard Hilton, who has joined us from Connecticut, where he, uh, he mans the controls for Nile Rogers, his personal studio and um, chic band member, bona fide, fully paid-up disco guy.
3: I'm back. Ah, hooray. In my, all my disco glory. <laughs> excellent rich how are you good i'm good thank you how about yourself
0: yeah i know good day today and uh yes so um all all positive stuff i've been a day of boxing things up um we recently shot something for roland and so i've been boxing up this enormously heavy sort of you know parlor piano electric piano and also the behringer x32 which is going to be picked up tomorrow or something which is again a sad Aww. day a sad day as i've Gone on and on about it in the vain hope that somebody at Berenger will hear me and uh, take pity and say, "What do you mean you can hang on to that? We'd love you to product price it and all that sort of thing." But I doubt very much that's going to happen. <laughs> so I'm just going to have to give it give it up. I'm giving it up and it's going back anyway. Rich, thank you very much for joining us as well. Uh, right, let's go straight in with our first pro- um, our first thing. This is kind of funny. Um, this um, I'll start with this because this always makes me laugh when I see this kind of thing. I don't know if you're ready for this. This is just awesome. It's like the monolith. Listen to the audience; they're just flabbergasted. What I would really like to get, though, is uh, just is some a lip reader. this is the the, the iMac that no, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to go on that. I'd like to get a lip reader to re- actually read the, vo- the what those people in the audience were saying because uh, I'm sure it's not what the uh, whoops and cheers might uh, might indicate you know is that it? it's a 3D render of like a very thin computer I, you know anyway as we all know apple have had their big event and they've <laughs> announced the iPad mini and uh, which I don't know whether I mean, that's very exciting I think the most exciting thing about that is it might fit on the uh, on the space on more keyboards i suppose so you can kind of put it on the side and, and use it in some fashion uh and uh, but then there's also new mac minis and new um imacs very thin at the outside the optical illusion it's essentially like a mac mini that's been steamrolled and had an lcd glued on the front of it as far as i can tell but i won't uh I, I, that's that's just my immediate uh, impression but Dave Spears, I can tell, is getting revved up to uh, chip in and maybe discuss uh, what is... anything
1: in exciting in there for you? No, I'm almost ashamed to be a Mac user now. Really? Yeah, I don't know that. that I just find fun. I don't know. I, I can feel all my developers' copies of everything slipping out the window as I open my mouth. <laughs> but, I mean, Jonathan Ives changed his name to Johnny now, J-O-N-Y. That's quite cool, isn't it?
0: Johnny, that is, isn't it? And so I do think you think that... he's
1: pre-op? Yeah, but oh, God knows. I mean, he's a very handsome man. I don't think I'd ever fit within that the Apple organisation. But I mean, I think what kind of gave it away for me is when you look at him talking about things, his hand movements seem to reveal what he may or may not think of their customers. And there's an awful lot of phallic references... <laughs> The 7.9 inches being the correct size, the use it with one hand, the remarkable levels of fit and finish. There's just so many quotes in there, apart from the constant use of the word amazing all the time till it actually makes you want to gag. Fast food performance. What is that? It's something that promises the earth and delivers nothing of any nutrition nutritional value i don't know you know iCloud i think that should just be renamed to iCludge i could go on and on and on and on and actually i looked at the whole smugness of everything and just kind of went you know what i don't even want us anyone to see me using something with that logo on anymore yeah. so that's kind of how i feel about it i'm that's afraid
0: i, I feel I, I feel um sort of I feel like I'm intruding on a bit of personal grief and working out there, but I appreciate you passing on. I, I know what you mean. It sort of felt like it wasn't really enough. It's not enough anymore just to sort of, you know, make the edges thinner and what have you. And that's kind of interesting. There's There, there are things that are closer to what Apple can do than there used to be in a number of different areas, not all of them, admittedly. So perhaps they're just, you know, having to resort to the usual kind of marketing speak. And I'm speak.
1: not really even talking about, the stuff that's been released that'll be replaced by more stuff in six or nine months or a year's yeah, time.
0: Well, there is that, too.
1: which will then be the next greatest thing. I'm not. I'm not even on that. It's just even that whole kind of the corporate presentation. Just but they, they never, they, they weren't like that years ago, and somehow they've kind of turned everything into this sort of drone-like. I don't. Oh, I don't know. It makes me kind of shudder a little bit. <laughs> oh dear.
0: Oh dear. Yeah. Uh well there's an interesting start an interesting take on things. Uh, Gaz, I'll come to you as you're in the middle. Perhaps oh well, maybe I could go to Rich and you'll have the uh, the middle way but we'll see. We'll start with you. So what anything in there that kind of makes you <sighs> I I
2: mean in a way Dave sort of voiced many of my kind of feelings really that um Yeah, the overwhelming smugness does kind of do them no great favors. Mm. You know. Uh it does great definitely. Um I mean, but, I mean, talking about the actual products themselves, obviously with, uh, you know, taking note of the, the iPad mini and just wondering about that. And, you know, the, the story goes that Steve Jobs was, I think, was he vehemently opposed to her? Uh, he really didn't want that, did he, apparently? I'm not quite sure what the, the whole background of that is. Um, and it seems a bit strange because that, like, 7 or oh, 7.9 inch, but that size kind of tablet,
3: The rivals
2: of, you know, like the Google Nexus 7 and uh, the Kindle Fire, you know, that market segment is kind of booming. Uh, So, obviously, they're trying to get a a slice of that. But then they've priced it like a £100 more. More more than,
0: yeah, that's the Apple premium. It just makes it more obvious, I suppose, Uh, that there is a premium. I think so. And I think that kind of,
2: you know, I suppose if it's as powerful as the iPad 2, which I believe it is... Then I suppose it, it couldn't be significantly cheaper or so it would devalue the iPad 2. So I suppose they are trapped a little bit there in pricing strategy. Um, but uh, um, interesting. I mean, In a way, I would prefer them to go the other direction and do an iPad Maxi, you know, and have,
0: like, a a (laughs) 12-inch It's like a huge, (laughs) great... Yeah. Like a massive... Like an HDMI television that you just sort of carry around like this. But from a musical point of view, that would be
2: brilliant, wouldn't it? You know, a really big one, you know, for all the kind of, you know, hands-on controller stuff. That's what I would love to see. So the actual iPad Mini, I mean, I'm sure it will be very useful for for certain things, but... um,
0: it's not doing know. it for you. I, I, well, I I must say, I mean, the one thing for me that I thought was pretty cool was the new Mac Minis. I mean, although, well, we, we can gloss over the fact that there's still no Mac Pro, and I'm guessing that's probably it. To be honest, I can't really see that they're going to, you know, this is where they're focusing. But the Mac Minis are some pretty, uh, pretty reasonably priced stuff there. If I go to here, we got the you can get a two point a dual two point five four gigs of RAM, five hundred gig hard drive, five hundred bucks including VAT. Uh, five hundred pounds including VAT, that. and that's that would work for us probably as an edit machine on the road, or you know, as a second machine here. And also, you know, there's the the i7, two point three for 6.7 seven. I mean, that ain't bad. Um, if it'll do, you know, what it needs to do. If I can get some more RAM in it, what have you, and you can get this um, this new Fusion drive or whatever. I don't know. I'm going to come to Rich now and uh, and and see what he has to say on the subject. Anything in there that
3: thrills you? Yeah, good. Let's hear it. I wasn't tempted to throw all my Apple stuff out the window. <laughs> um, actually, I haven't been bringing my iPad with me anywhere. I have an original vintage uh, iPad brick. Me too. that too. Uh, I got tired of carrying because it it's too heavy and it's too big. And I was about to replace it with a, with a Kindle, one of those uh, paper white Kindle things, because I found that now that I've got the phone, the, the only really useful thing – I need it for is book reading, which I never predicted before I had it. But I ended up liking reading books on it if I just don't have to hold it. Laying in bed with it, reading a book is horrible with the iPad. And uh, this thing might fall in between... I want the mini. A lot more money. It's a lot of money to fall in between for stuff that I don't really need duplicated on two devices. Yeah, it's in my a lot hand of books
0: that you could buy for that. Uh...
3: Well, but the point is right. Yeah, if all I really needed for is book reading and battery life, I already bought a spare battery for the phone, and I got to get a book reader for 150 bucks or less. Yeah. So I'm not sure. It's cool. I think it's a good product, and uh, I'm as to the pitch. I sort of agree that the pitch has become. There's lost a slight ladder step of dignity about it. I don't know. But but the products look good, and they all make sense to me. You would have a Mac Mini with the Thunderbolt port and the USB 3, and you would have uh, new iMacs that are even thinner and miraculous looking and, you know, um, and everything – you know, I don't know. It all makes sense to me. Yeah, I, I mean, wasn't I, I I think
0: the minis look kind of pretty compelling, actually.
3: I'm just going to go and get Mark Tinley because well, he's it's funny how it's proportional to our need for any given product. For example, for me, the uh, even though we all knew it was coming, the iPad Mini was compelling because I was already thinking that my iPad was too big and too heavy, and so this is like sort of a product for a guy like me. Right. And whereas you're thinking you need something portable that you can do some pretty good video editing on and not have it choking down, and maybe the Mac. I used to have Mac minis. I love it. I think it's a great product. It's a pain in the ass to get inside of, but it's a great product.
0: Hmm. I'm just trying to find Mark Tinley on –
3: I have to use –
0: uh, I got it. right i'm just going to go and get mark as well and see what he has to say but yeah there's some good i mean for mac mini stuff you can do some pretty happening processing on one of those and that for 500 bucks i mean obviously you need your computer what have 500 pounds rather that's not bad for, for as a sort of audio production system it probably would kind of give you more or less what you need for a lot of stuff um, yeah, just,
3: it's a laptop in a box it always has been
0: yeah and the uh, and the the iMac is a la- is a more powerful laptop in a
2: <laughs> it but like it, Steam. Yeah, uh, the iMac has has become like a you see them in big studios now, the iMac, you know. Yes. Yeah, think, yeah, everywhere. You know, it it's become you know, it has become like a you know, almost like a standard sort of machine of a, you know. So yeah. It's not much more to say about that though
0: and they've also added this uh, fusion drive which is a kind of combined uh, hard drive hybrid hard drive with ssd in it which is nothing new but they kind of seem to have called it something that makes out they invented it which is clearly not the case i also want to say we got mark tinley who's uh, rushed in straight from the train hot off the train back from uh, the big smoke and uh, where he's come to join us how are you doing mark tinley
4: i'm doing very well thank you
0: i Pop you in that screen because it means I've got a, a layout, which means I can pick my nose yeah, while everybody else is talking. Third as well, woohoo! Ah, um, uh, Mark. Yeah, we were just uh, talking about the the, the Macs, and uh, I wonder whether you were tempted by any of it. I'm, I'm not. The, the iPad. No, doesn't... I love
4: it when Mac release new products, though, because it means that all of the old stuff gets cheaper suddenly, doesn't it? So now I can probably afford to go and buy like a MacBook Pro, you know, a faster one.
0: <laughs> uh, well, that's a good uh, point. Maybe
4: I could I get an iPhone four now, right? <laughs> I just, it seems like insane, a bit insane for, you know, to go and buy an iPhone 5 for like 500 quid and then... Yeah, or a Mac Mini. Years, or, or any of those things, and then in two years' time they're worthless. I always believe that it's better to stay one step behind. Not because, not necessarily because it's works out cheaper, but also because everybody else has ironed out all of those horrible problems that all the people who are on the bleeding edge are going to have, so... As Rich is waving. He's one of the problem iron outers. Um, but then again, having said that, looking at this uh, that iPad mini, um, well, there's two things, really. One of them is that I'm going progressively blind, so I could either spend £2,700 on getting my uh, lenses polished, taken out my eyes and polished so I can uh, get my eyes fixed, or I could buy a slightly bigger screen. So maybe... I, If it it would solve the problem of replacing my iPhone 3, um, but then looking at it, I think I'd have to wait for the GSM one because the the Wi-Fi one doesn't have... The GPS in it, so mm. then you would lose all of your navigational functionality. Oh, let's not
0: get started on that. I mean, the one thing that I did um, that is quite interesting about the, uh, the, I, the 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 iMac and the Mac Mini, the Mac Mini still has FireWire, so you get Thunderbolt, you get uh, four. Um, usb threes and you get firewire 800 which i think actually is quite but then the imac which is the sort of you know the 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 fancy one with the five mil super thin look you know whatever doesn't have firewire on it at all so i mean from our point of view a mac mini would sit right into you know this whole world of stuff we've got here and would make a lot of sense the problem i've got no firewire
3: on the new imac no oh my word didn't see it sorry Ooh there's no firewire on my laptop but I have a thunderbolt to firewire adapter. Ah yeah
0: you could do that but uh, but I mean uh, still it's kind of useful if I've got dry I don't have to buy yet another thing. I mean um the other thing that uh, uh what was the other thing I was looking at that was kind of interesting about the uh the the, uh, the Mac mini I can't remember now it's gone from my head. Um it's awesome uh, well oh, that's right. No, it's not. <laughs> External hard drive. This is the thing, because I thought, well, okay, Thunderbolt might be time to do this, and I was checking out the prices of these Thunderbolt kind of uh, drives, and they're still really expensive. I mean, you're paying a couple of hundred quid for, like, a portable drive here, Lassie. How fast is the Thunderbolt thing, though? Well, it would be fast, but, I mean...
4: But USB three is ridiculously fast.
0: Well, I guess it's probably not as fast as USB three, but these things aren't cheap, you know, so the storage it's essentially it's a bit like kind of like, well, I'm sort of buying the same stuff, but because it's got a slightly different bridge in it, I'm paying even more. Hmm. I mean, okay, maybe but the drive maybe the drives inside are faster as well. But I mean if that's if you can
4: make if you can make USB three work, you can buy a three terabyte USB three drive for a hundred quid. Yeah, that sounds a bit more appealing. Yeah. And it's lightning fast, lightning fast. So, if that worked with your setup, that would be the solution. You don't need any of that Firewire stuff anymore. Yeah, well,
0: I think what we might consider is getting uh, one of the Mac mini, uh, the Mac mini's uh, small ones, you know, dual uh, i5 to take away with us when we go and do NAM. So, we've got like a dual core, a dual 2.5 with turbo boost and what have you and be able to do some video processing with it and then just have it back here as an edit machine i think i said that uh, earlier i can't remember if i was on air or not at the time but so i mean i think you know if you're just wanting to get into mac world the mac minis look you know, and you've already got a load of you know pc screens and keyboards and stuff i mean mac mini looks like it could be quite a uh, uh, a compelling device you know because it ain't that expensive i think it's 499 us as well isn't it or is it five nine nine? But it's still not five. like, 599, right? It still seems mm. reasonable. And the hybrid, but the hybrid drive again. This is uh, uh, this is the thing with the SSD in it, which kind of c- it, it caches your most often used applications and data. It's unclear whether it'll do that with applications that are not Apple based ones, um, but that speeds things up considerably. But again, you know, they call it a fusion drive. That's a couple of hundred bucks for that, and I think that sounds quite expensive for a one terabyte drive with one hundred and twenty eight SSD on it. And it's not something they invented, oh. even though,
4: you know. Is it sort of like a RAID kind of thing? Or no, I don't think
0: it is at all. It's nothing like a RAID. It's just like a, a, a drive with a 128 gig cache on it.
4: Cache, yeah. Oh, right. Oh, okay.
0: But the, but the cache is super fast. So I'm guessing that uh, there was, is, was there anything else in the offering that I, I didn't watch it all? I just took the headline points really and didn't really kind of cover anything else. I mean, because you know, presumably you're going to need to buy a new machine, Dave, at some point to develop on or whatever. You know that your eight core or twelve core—twelve 12-core is the only one that they still sell—is it, it, going to be too expensive. I mean, what what are you going to get?
1: Uh, I don't know is the honest answer. I don't know. Uh abacus
0: <laughs> abacus that linux be no
1: i don't know uh i mean we talked about this and i'm kind of waiting for the map pro which they said that they were going to release at some mm. point they did say that but like gaz said you know i know an awful lot of people who are using imax it would just be that i've got to hang an awful lot of drives off of them somehow so you know we've got a huge huge amount of data floating around i'm also um yeah i, I you know my my kind of grief was more over this sort of presentation yeah thing. That's i think rich's comment rich's comment was perfect actually a lot more succinct than my rant i mean the ipad mini yet yeah, great i know that my teenage daughter would probably die for one of those and i'm sure it's really valid and I'm, they're going to sell tons so you know the fact that i kind of sit there and i could hardly get past two minutes of that video without wanting to go out and punch a dwarf or something, I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> as that would be a 7.9-inch dwarf, presumably. Yeah,
1: of course. <laughs>
4: is, that, is that rather nice-looking uh, suite of brightly coloured iPod Touches new as well? Or did they come out with the iPhone? Oh, I don't know. They come out with the iPhone, but just so they just... They're rather cute, aren't they? i rather like them. But, I mean,
0: in terms of what we need for what we do, it's not really, you know... that you know, the only, the, like I said, the only thrilling part really was the Mac Mini, which you can get into. In fact, I think the iMac is kind of it's, it's sealed. I want,
4: you I want a hybrid. I want somebody no, no, no. to make a MacBook Pro that runs iOS and has like a touch screen so that I, when I touch the screen, it does all the iOS things on a big screen instead of a small one. And I want to be able to type on it and I want to be able to run logic on this bit down here. And mm-hmm. I want to be able to run all of my iOS stuff up here and just, you know.
0: Oh, I have like a kind of. Well, there's no reason why, given the power of some of these, why someone shouldn't, why there shouldn't be possible to run like a virtual iOS. Well, you can virtual iOS in uh, uh, if you get the SDK, you can, can't you? But you have to. So they well,
4: they could just stick both processors in the same box, couldn't they? They've done that in the past. So they stick the the Intel processor in there, and then they stick the A5 thing in somewhere else, and they bridge the two and do something very clever with the software, and then we have everything all happening all at once.
0: Well, it's an interesting idea. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if uh, we get somewhere, somewhere in the future with that. But I mean, I think they just want to sell more individual items because then they make more money, I guess. Uh, Right, I guess um, it might be time for a a word from our sponsor after all that uh, (laughs) talk of corporate entities. Uh, Now, um, of course, if you're watching the video, you'll be no doubt uh, thrilled by this uh, lovely animation that's going to come up any second now of the Yamaha products. This is uh, Yamaha's um, world of applications. They've got a lot, a lot of apps in the iOS world. Uh, Over 20, in fact. And not only that, uh, the they're all kind of geared toward music making and music creation and enhancing your existing Yamaha gear. Uh, we've got perform and play with keyboard, art and drums. There's also a synth version of that now, synth ARP and drums. Got 61 sounds, 7 kits, effects, 5 song, 60 drum pads. Uh, there's faders and XY pad for controlling your uh, MOX, Motif SX, S90XS, uh, S70XS, Motif and mo- uh, Rack XS. they give you all the possibilities again with voice edit, you can do the same thing. XY pad for control of various parameters. Just Brings out a lot of the more hard to access things and um, gives you visual control of those side of stuff. There's also, just uh, there is actually another app which we will be talking about shortly, uh, which is just out for now, well, and that's a free one. Uh, performance edit, same sort of thing, you can access the various different parts, the effect sends, that side of things. And, and the one thing that we reviewed on. Sonic Touch, our, our iOS and um, music touch device show, was setlist Organizer, which allows you to organize your sets, set out mini-program changes, take notes, photos, that kind of thing, record and share with Cloud Audio Recorder, the list goes on. So check out the App Store, iTunes App Store, for the, the, the ever-growing list of Yamaha apps. Or visit, visit uk.yamaha.com. Um, right, Dave, you were sporting a very, uh, you're sporting the Sonic State t shirt there. Thank you very much for that double branding. Is it I it feel. you like
1: my reveal. You reveal. I'm like some of... stuff a dollar bill somewhere. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I just find that music quite sassy. So I thought. Dave small
0: lap dance might work there it was some out a there was some very <laughs> vigorous thrusting going on there for you uh you listeners who perhaps can't see the skype feed when i'm playing the other video but you know we'll, we'll ju- you'll just have to leave it to your imagination vigorous thrusting sounds like it might be a good uh ah, i got him <laughs> ah! <laughs> might be a good uh, a good um title for the ah. show possibly
1: I'm out of breath.
0: <laughs> well i won't come to you next then Uh, Ah, this was a cracking fly-on-the-wall documentary. Now, uh, it may just be me, but honestly, uh, now I'm going to have to hit go because I can't remember where it is. Which one was it? Was it this one or this one? I think it was this one. There, there we go. This is from
3: 1985.
0: I'll try and talk over it in case I get and that bloke who played bass in Queen which nobody ever remembers his name poor guy with all those other massive personalities in the band he probably got it easy because he probably didn't get recognised but this is possibly one of the finest guitar riffs I'd I'd never really noticed it Uh, when it comes in um, and this is them recording I'm not sure where the studio is in 1985 but it's a very sort of honest and just here we go Just, I have to say, that I, I didn't remember how great, what a classic rock riff that was, and I'm a bit of a sucker for that sort of thing. ACDC's Back in Black intro, one of my favourite intros of all time. Dave's looking really excited here. I think I'll fast forward a bit, there's um, some various other bits. Well, I won't go, but the, it, what was really interesting about that, not only was it just a sort of, uh, it, it wasn't very showbiz, you know, it was just like some blokes in the studio recording, but they happened to be Queen, sort of at basically the pinnacle of their success. Um, and at the same time, all that kind of uh, technology of the time. I just really enjoyed that. I'm not going to come to Dave first because he's still out of breath. I'm going to go to Dave, to Rich Hilton. Did did that move you in any way? Did you find it a, a, an enjoyable watching experience or am I um, clutching at straws again?
3: Loved it. Loved everything about it. Uh, I thought Freddie Mercury was Jesus, so brilliant. Yeah. Unbelievably talented and just oozing with good ideas and enthusiasm and his vocals were incredible and... I just loved every. I loved watching it, and I was in studios around the time, you know, working around the time when that video was shot. So I'm look, looking at all the gear around and everything, and it's just reminding me of being in that time. Agfa tape.
0: <laughs> <laughs> memory locations on a tape machine yeah we've uh, we've discussed that in the past haven't we i mean it's it's a very uh yeah it, it seemed very evocative to me but the thing i liked about it even though you know freddie mercury's sort of going yeah and they're talking about scanning of lyrics and they're all coming up with really stupid ideas and it's kind of nice that that you you saw that kind of creative thing and the fact that they were all kind of going i don't know what should we do you know and that, that was I, I quite enjoyed that and then freddie just goes and sings and sings a load of rubbish. In, lyrically, and you just go, "Oh my God!" You know, there's just sort of raw charisma coming out of him, and that's the thing. I remember at the time, and I, I wrote an article to go with this. I posted it on Sonic about um, seeing them on um, Live Aid when I was kind of twelve or something, and thinking I didn't really care for Queen at the time, but just seeing how amazingly consummate they were at playing to that many people and blew. Everybody else, all the peers, all the other bands that I thought, no, they're cool guys because they were the sort of the stuff of my of my era, and they just blew all of them completely out of the water with such ease. And uh, just it brought all of that stuff back. And it does make me sound like a bit of an old fart, but I'm going to stop now, Gaz. What's happening? You look like you're something terrible. Ah, hold on, I can see um, Gaz is ready to contribute. <laughs> Except he'll have to talk because otherwise he'll be very ah, a very small okay. icon. Where it, awesome. ah. You got your tash on, Joe so Dolce. <laughs> oh no, you've been swapped. <laughs> <I fell off. laughs> um, you know, it's
2: uh, it's great to see that, wasn't it? I mean, you know, Queen one of the one of those bands where I really didn't know quite what the dynamic in the studio was, and like Freddie's kind of he's great. He's in, he's really in the producer's kind of role in that, isn't he? And it's interesting. John Deacon is nowhere to be seen during the kind of you know you, you see him playing at the bass, but like um, you know nowhere to be seen during. All the kind of work, but um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Freddie, wow, wow. I mean, it's the thing about Freddie Mercury, though, which I, I always find like quite interesting is that he's he is an Indian man, he's an Indian man through and through. He's not a Brit, he's an Indian, and he's uh, uh, and I think that's always overlooked a little bit. If you see older sort of fo- photos of him and stuff and he looks like an Indian man, you know, this sort of uh, There's very
0: unusual background,
2: absolutely. I'm trying to remember
0: hmm. uh, he comes from somewhere He's from Austrian really,
2: really ex- I think is it or you know from from North India. It's not um, it's, it's
0: one of those it was an oh, island. Africa, Zanzibar, Zanzibar. Zanzibar, that was it. Some of uh, really exotic. Yeah. Uh, but um yeah,
2: and uh, I I just kind of I, I was reading somewhere saying that he is Asia's greatest rock star of mm. all time, and thought it was quite interesting, really, because uh, you know there's not that many. I <laughs> can't think of Seem to be overtaken
0: really. by Gang Gangnam Style, I suspect. Oh, yeah, that's
2: true. But yeah, um, yeah. But uh, you know, just just seeing that dynamic though, in the studio, and uh, and it, and it really is great to see that the way that they work together, and uh, and it's kind of making me think about bands like u2 and successful bands like radiohead and um coldplay and and how the balancing act of a band is that thing of just getting just the right sort of personalities working together and and you know it's dynamite when it when it works and uh, I, I i think that the, the shameful thing with queen though is just that
0: they made you know, some pretty crass records as well yeah
2: well yeah I, yeah I don't know but i mean everybody more the, does more the fact that what they've tried to do since freddy's been you know since Freddie passed away and uh, i think if there was ever a band that should have shut up shop it was queen really you know but
0: that's well, just my, that's an interesting my point dave spears i'm just trying to I, i'm coming to you and i'm wondering whether you're going to be really grumpy or go yeah i enjoyed that
1: i love queen no, that's a total lie. I, I No, I don't. I really, honestly, it should come as no surprise to anybody that I just can't stand this band. I don't know why I think Freddie cool, was cool, interesting character, I like his background. But for me, it was just, it's just a whole load of pompous, pompous nonsense, all of it. <laughs> and as for that, we will rock you. I t- actually, I'll rewind a little bit. As a kid... I remember hearing uh, Seven Seas of Ryan and thinking, oh, this is quite interesting. And then there was the other one. What was the one that came after that? And thinking, uh... And then everything Killer from Queen. there just... Yeah, Killer Queen. Killer Queen. And then no, everything true. from there was just kind of like, uh, oh, okay, obvious, oh, okay, obvious. And of course Live Aid was a kind of defining moment for them as a band. But I don't think I ever, ever owned a Queen record, and I probably never listened to one all the way through.
0: I don't think I did either, actually. Um but you know it uh, still doesn't give it uh, doesn't change the fact that I've kind of that queen
2: greatest hits one that's all I've always maintained their best record. is that right the greatest hits yeah. one
1: yeah fat bottom girl i mean that's a classic. i did i'm I, not I, about that play for god's sake you know this <laughs> blooming ben elton who i used to like years ago and he's turned this it's a farce it's just like and then you find that you know all the kind of mi companies hey let's go to a night of what is what's it called we will rock you let's have a jolly good time at we will rock you and he's like oh grow up <laughs> <laughs> right i'm moving
0: swiftly on um tinley Mr. Mark, hello. hello, have you got anything you'd like to add to this? Did you enjoy that? It's, I mean, it was a bit nostalgic, but it also right. I really enjoyed the fact that, you know, it, of its time, it just felt like it was absolutely the sort of, you know, it encompassed pretty much the pinnacle of that whole scene. Uh, no, okay.
4: I mean, I have a massive problem with Brian May because I just think <laughs> he's just an absolute knob but then having said that having said that i i have to give him the benefit of the doubt because i've never met him i've also played his guitar without his permission which he doesn't know about he does now though damn
0: i'm Um, not sure if he's a regular viewer or not
4: i won't he might not be watching this week because i might get into terrible or might get somebody else into terrible trouble um but i mean, he might be a really nice guy you know but and, and his stage persona is just like so oh please just go back to the 70s and don't come back you know <laughs> and then the clogs thing i don't know if he's still wearing clogs but i have to say so i disagree with dave about queen carrying on and i think it's cool that they carried on because i like their old new singer or you know the guy who was that where is that guy's from free or something paul isn't Rogers. it paul rodgers yeah, I love him. I think he's brilliant. So um, I'm kind of quite glad they carried on. And then, of course, Jessie J did that thing on the uh, the Olympics thing, and I think she's brilliant as well. And I wanted her to kick him in the nuts, actually, when he was doing <laughs> that guitar thing. I was thinking, go on! Wow, that's a... She's genuinely just beautifully talented, and she just did like this whole thing, and it was like, wow. Whereas he's an all-right guitarist who does this whole... Over the top, massive ego thing that just kind of—it's a shame. Remember really? when he did
1: the thing on top of Buckingham Palace? Wouldn't it be brilliant oh, if a it bolt of lightning struck it. Oh, listen, come on,
0: look—we don't wish well, any, any personal harm.
4: Rich, positive about him to end, okay? Yeah. He stuck a picture of a badger on his arm on the Olympics thing, and he raised lots of awareness about badger cult. Yeah, he's
0: got a big thing about badgers. I know no. that. It's definitely very... Uh, he's married
4: to an
0: adult <laughs> Okay, right. <I'll>, hold on. <laughs> Rich, I, know, I noticed in the chat room, Rich, that you said you worked on a Freddie Mercury
3: record. Yes, it's true.
0: Was that in person, or was that sort of by proxy?
3: No, I never met him. It was this, uh, po- It was released just posthumously, actually. Ah, okay. The album was called The Great Pretender, and the song was called Time. It may have been Time Waits for Nobody. I don't remember, but there was. it was a great, great experience to work on those tracks and hear his voice tracked like that and get to listen to the multi-tracks and solo things and examine them. And I have extraordinary admiration for him. I think he's an amazing artist. I think he opens his mouth and hits come out.
0: Yeah, that's a great. Uh, Opening his mouth and hits come out. That that is pretty much kind of how I would see it. I mean, not all of them, but but yeah, right. it's interesting. That it, what what it is about that is the charisma just comes out even on YouTube. Looking at you, just get the sense of charisma of you know of it, and uh, that's quite an in- interesting thing to be able to see. And not many people can do that, I would say um okay well if you can, you can watch the whole thing on youtube it's kind of fun uh and i enjoyed that there's some great opportunities for gear spotting i think i got there was a jupiter uh, eight i think i saw there was obviously the dx7 i saw the Fairlight keyboard and there's a few other bits and pieces but yeah there's quite a lot of uh, stuff that you could see in there What's what's that sound coming off the dx7 there I, I, I sort of doubted that it, it could have been to be honest it sounded yeah, it a bit too good some... for the dx7 it's triggering thinking. something else, wasn't it? Right. He was using it as a MIDI keyboard, you think? Yeah, yeah. It's probably triggering the fair light. Oh, there was a fair light in there, wasn't there? We saw yeah. a fair
2: light. Yeah. Yeah, there was a fair light there.
0: Anyway, just a bit of fun. Honest. <laughs> Everybody can calm down now. Um, and, oh yeah, here we go. Um, let's have a look at uh, this new string library. This is kind of, I know, I've got to remember which button it is. I think it's this one. No, it's not that one. You mustn't press that one. That's the bad
2: button.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't press that button. Press. Right. And now I've crashed everything. Ah, uh, here we go. Dave's playing the action hero over that. I'm not going to play the whole thing there. Um, this is the, the, well, it's not so new, but uh, it's it just, I checked the demo out and I was kind of interesting. This was uh, Native Instruments Action Strings, and it seems to be uh, an interesting take on the your usual sample library and the fact that they basically just got a 60 piece orchestra and recorded them playing a load of really quite hard to emulate on with just a straight static string library sounds. And so you can get all the, you know, I mean, it is kind of one thing. And it, it, it I thought it sounded absolutely amazing. And I'm getting a sense here that um, you can't do that sort of thing so easily with just a, a regular key switch where you actually have to play or not. I, I, Rich is looking at me slightly incredulously there, so I'm going to let him come what, in.
3: What did you think of this? Well, what really interested me in the videos that I watched about it is the scripting, the left-hand scripting, that allows you to select phrases in real time as you're playing at triggering things with your right hand. Now, admittedly, you are triggering things. I think you can control pretty tightly what it is you're triggering. And yes, these kinds of things are not easy to do well and quickly any other way I've tried to do them, though they can be done. But they're painstaking. Whereas this makes it look like you're gonna get a pretty rhythmic result very quickly. It's all rhythmic stuff. It's yeah, all, well, which know, is the thing. hardest
0: stuff to get, I guess, isn't it? There's hundred and fifty four phrases. Uh fourteen gigabytes um orchestra with sixty musicians, thirty six in the high ensemble, twenty two violins, eight violas and six cellos, and twenty four in the low, ten violas, eight cellos and six basses. A nice chunk of air moving around the rapport uh, they, uh Orchestra Prague. They looks like they sound but by somebody called a dyna Um, 300, three, 400 bucks, 300 euros. Seems seems like a reasonable chunk of change. It's, it's funny, though. You, you sort of look at this and you think, this is exactly the sort of thing that when sampling first came out, that all the people in orchestras were going, no, no, evil, you know, it'll replace us all. <laughs> and, and absolutely bang on, totally yeah. right about it. I know, Gaz... I mean, sometimes you know, just th- that must appear. I mean, you could imagine if you'd been asked to do something, filming an orchestral for a sort of title sequence, and you just yeah. threw that together, it would just sound bloody amazing. And the, some of the demos, if you look at the, we mm. uh, look at the main page here for the for the actual um, thing, there's some fantastic demos in here. I mean, it just sounds absolutely amazing stuff. What do you think? Is it is it something you'd be interested? In? Would you have a need for it? What do you think about it?
2: Well, I think it is quite interesting. Other than it is going to kind of just. Keep making more and more stuff sound the same, uh, you know, and it will, I'm sure, be just used to death. So, in some ways, it's a bit like, oh. Uh. But it did actually remind me that I did actually build something a little bit along these lines myself, but rather than using a string library, I did it with uh, rock riffs. And um, if you give me a moment, actually, if you go
0: to somebody else, if you give me a moment, I'll give you a little demonstration. Ah, okay. But, I, I know mark tinley are you um is this i mean there's something about me that appeals to i could say yes to all this work if i had one of these but I, i'm i sure i'm just kind of kidding myself maybe i'm not not that i get offered of this kind of work
4: i'm gonna, I'm gonna say <laughs> Okay. Um, i agree with gaz i think it's going to make things too um samey and everybody will go oh that's the sounds I have and it will become like one of those sort of you know the D50 thing when everybody had a D50 and everybody used that flume or whatever it's called sample and everybody used that uh, amen uh, loop and I just think that if somebody, if somebody uh, is, uh, this, is, is this, like this is like the signature, the signature, signature sound that, sound be, that we're why, am why am I yeah gas. To? I think that's oh, gas. gas. That's gas. Oh, is he something, is he something? <laughs> no no
0: uh, okay I don't know what that is
4: oh okay um, but I just think it's going to get to the point where, you know, where everybody will go, Oh, I want that sound, and we'll hear it and everything. Uh, can we talk about the Adele uh, song, the Bond song as well? Because I think that um, that sounds like sampled strings. And I think this whole sampled st- strings thing needs to go. We need to get back to real orchestras because they definitely sound.
0: Yeah, well, if you can afford it.
4: And have more of a. More of a thing going on, yeah.
0: Well, maybe the thing about this is, is it would, ge- you know, you generate the demo and then you go. Well, actually, you know, if you get the budget to do the recording properly, you go and do it properly.
4: I oh, know, yeah, Nobody ever, <laughs> nobody ever strays away from like a set kind of pattern of things. And this, you know, music's far too much about far too many set patterns. Like, oh yeah, I know. Let's have. Guitar, bass, and drums, and a singer. I mean, come on, let's not do that. Let's do something completely different. Let's have like a sousaphone player. Yeah, okay, but
0: but bearing in mind that you know, if you ever do a string section, a string session, what happens is you end up with. uh, You go there, you know. I mean, this is somebody. if If you if say it's the first time you do it, you you you've got the budget for the album. You go to an arranger. You come up with some arrangements. The arranger sorts them out. And then you turn up. You don't really know what's going on. There isn't time to kind of experiment wildly with mic placement and how you interface with the orchestra. You're going to get something that is of a general sort of. I mean, it'll be of the moment, but it's going to fit a certain uh, form yeah. anyway. So, I mean, the, and then I, it's
4: going to cost you forty five. And it'll cost you forty five. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Dave
0: Spears, you're looking uh, again rather non plus there, and uh, I, I want to hear what you have to say.
1: No, I thought it sounded great. I mean, I did. And I know, you know, if you're on one of these kind of, okay, score this. You've got 10 minutes to score this. I mean, you're going to be on a tight budget, and this is probably perfect for that. My angle was slightly different. In fact, I was thinking, it sounds like Hans Zimmer in a box. And then we were kind of like, well, maybe we could kind of do a Zimmer tribute thing and call it like Zimmer frame. And then (laughs) we just went off on this kind of wild... (laughs) <laughs> um, bizarre tangent on that. But, uh, yeah, I can't argue with it. I think uh, it sounds good. Of course it's going to be overused. I can imagine Eric Pressing's thinking, damn, 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 I've got some competition in the overused stakes on TV. But, um, hey, if it were... But is
0: it any different to, um, you know, uh, optagon samples or melatrons? you know, all of those
1: things that we've seen,
0: you know, it's the... I mean, isn't it the current equivalent of that kind of No,
1: technology? And I not Yeah, no, 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 I completely agree. And there's a part of me that actually really enjoys that. I've said before, you know, we sit in front of the TV at night sometimes and all of a sudden I'll hear an Octagon thing and it'll be Tron and it's like this kind of musical Tourette. And I quite like the idea of some of the Native Instruments guys sat there going, you know, whatever, what what, what was this called again? Epic strings or action strings. Action strings. strings. Yeah, action strings, action strings, especially in a German accent, it would be (laughs) (laughs) strings.
4: Brilliant. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so yeah no I like all that I like, I like spotting things we are basically anoraks and train spotters in disguise
0: yeah and it, it I mean from what we, what I heard there it has got it feels like it's got energy and atmosphere you know it's already there Gaz you were you were going to set something up so I'm going to come to you now what uh, you you said you had some kind of a rock based um...
2: yeah it's, it's, it's the big riff machine that I made a few years ago uh, last year I think and um, it's uh, let's see see if you can hear this
0: through. Yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant! That's I'll tell you what, it sounds like it sounds That's like fantastic. early Zappa. Sounds like Weasel ripped my flesh or That's something. That's exactly. fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> what well, did you awesome. make that in, Gaz?
2: Uh, in uh, Ableton Live, and we made. But with my band, Rocket Gold Star, we made lots and lots of very small little riffs. And then we made the riffs kind of sound so you can kind of go, go from one to another. But then half the keyboard is the riffs. Uh, it, yeah, there's 44 riffs in all. And it's on the 88 keyboard. Uh, <laughs> we got one half is the the riffs that start from the beginning. Yeah. I, half is the same riffs, but they start like in the legato mode, which is relative in the bar. So you can kind of oh. hit the riff on the left it'll start at the start. Or on the right, you can kind of just jump to another one. So ah, it's... So, right. And the idea it was quantized
4: to the beginning of the bar as well when you hit a key,
2: or does it? The the the, the side on the left is quantized to the beginning of the bar. The side on the yeah. right, you go at any. Go in at any. What you want? will switch. So you can just make massive amounts of. I mean, it's almost like a limitless amount of kind of riffs. Um, oh,
0: the chat room is requesting more, Gaz. I feel yeah, you have yeah, to play. Yeah, and yeah, you, yeah, get, uh, uh, you know and you're going to have to play us out. This is just.
2: I'll, I'll step through. I'll step through them. Uh, I'll show you. I'll show you what I mean. Anyway, okay. Uh, Right. Just uh,
1: so is this coming through? Yep. <laughs> than Queen. That's
0: great, guys. Better than Queen. It's better than no,
4: Bohemian Rhapsody, man. Definitely,
0: definitely. You need to. Why you? Because I, I remember when I used to do a lot of remixes. And um, the thing that always used to be my task, you know, it's like you get to the end of a four or an eight bar or a sixteen section. There'd be a a, a signature fill of some kind. You know, whether it would be a silly drum fill or a sample or a kind of, you know, whatever it may be. And I was always searching for those things. And that just sounds like it's an entire keyboard's full of those one bar. Uh, can, can you time stretch them? I think you should sell it as a pack. I'm sure you could
1: make some money out of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess we should talk. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. That's awesome. I'm just going to start singing. Bicycle, bicycle. <laughs> I want to ride my
0: melatron.
4: Very, very good. Badger. Oh, I want to <laughs> I want my ride badger. my
0: badger. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. That's really good.
4: Yeah.
0: Really, really good. Thank you very much, Gaz. Again, another another great section there. Um, What have we got else? Uh, uh, the new string library, uh, more chip grooves. Ah, oh, a photo's worth a thousand words. Uh, there's an intro. This is one we've been trying to get to for such a long time that I feel I've actually got to at least, you know, give it a nod. And I know Mark um, probably came back from whatever he was doing just to contribute to this. So I feel I have to put it in because it is actually five o'clock and we're probably getting towards the end. So if I'm just going to put that up there. This is the photo uh, Sylvain Sylvain from the New York Dolls. And what's really irritating actually is there was a bigger version of this photo which now has been taken offline and I couldn't find anything anywhere else. So this is Sylvain Sylvain, it was circa, I don't know, I don't know when it would be exactly, uh, from the New York Dolls and it just it captures an image. It's like a, a totally cool sort of coquettish slightly out of it rock musician captured backstage with a babe who's look, also looks slightly out of it and up for anything on his arm and it just looks like one of those kind of moments that that are hard to are hard to beat i mean i don't think i can recall any of those in my career and, and mark i wanted you to um to to start with this because I, I just have you seen the new york dolls
4: no, I haven't actually. I've seen Johnny Thunders and the Heartbreakers. Johnny Thunders was one of the guitarists in the New York Dolls, and then went on to do this more kind of, more punk thing. But I, so I want to know what that woman looks like now. Do you know what? Well, I will tell you what's ri- what that guy looks like now, and and we can see him playing. Li- they still play live, don't they? Yeah, so. they do. Yeah. But what what does she look like? Where's she?
0: Do you know what's I'm really bizarre about curious. this? Because when I started looking, I found this photo, and then I went to this this website
4: here, which is
0: uh, it's called "I Was Dreaming of the Past," and she features really heavily in loads of photos with loads of top musos. And she it turns out that she's kind of like one of the uber groupies of the '80s. There she is with nice. Keith Moon and uh, um, Fleet, what's her name? Uh, she's called Laurie Lightning, I believe. <gasps> Murray. <laughs> and uh, there's a picture here of her with Sylvain Sylvain somewhere. This is uh, that, and, it, and and that that was the thing that was kind of fun. Yeah, there we go. There's a, there's another picture of the same. It looks like a similar session or around the same era. And uh, what it starts off, with, which is rather m- much more disturbing and and kind of a bit sort of, uh, it, that's her and her mate, and they were about thirteen and they just, just hang around Sunset Strip, are trying to basically meet up with as many uh, rock and roll people as possible. Wow. So yeah, that was kind of. Um, but a photo is a thousand words. I don't know, Rich. I mean, you you have you got any kind of photos that, that you kind of treasure or like really capture? here? You know, I'm not asking you to show them on me, but do you know what I mean? There's there's there's, there's sort of an essence of, of the so, time or whatever, which um, which just sort of captures that whole thing. Is there anything I can eke I, out of you?
3: I do. I mean, you said you didn't want me to show. I no, no, you can show. And start looking for something. <laughs> no. But, uh, um. You you would love it at Niles house. There's tons of these kinds of oh, pictures. Oh, I can imagine. You know, various rock stars in various states of inebriation <laughs> in between the various things that they're doing. Posing for a picture, you know, like backstage at the China Club or whatever. There's tons of them. Mark knows some of the people in them. Um, <laughs> you know, it's there's lots of this. I, this is so completely familiar to me, and based on your enthusiasm for it, I have the sense that you could spend a week in his apartment in his home each. <laughs> I'd probably be at...
0: arrested if that were uh, – but, yes, I, I'll, I'll wait till I get the invite, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> well,
3: you can come up sometime, but, but uh, anyway, uh, it, it, yeah, well, like, I have pictures that are not quite so, you know, yeah, take my picture, but a little more, uh, you know – Hey, everybody
4: he probably sounds take a like that as well, doesn't he? <laughs> why? He probably sounds just like yeah. that.
3: right? Oh, sure, I'll bet. <laughs>
0: um, uh, but there's some great stuff. There was some great stuff. I ju- if just a picture could paint a thousand words and just seem that one little shot is just so...
4: Just, never, it just says
0: so many things at the same time, which are just kind of... Uh, I, don't know. I, never,
4: I never understand why the New York Dolls always try and tell everybody that they invented punk because they clearly didn't. Um, they were a really trashy glam rock band at the end of the glam rock kind of thing, and then they sort of fell apart before punk started. So, I mean, if anybody invented punk from America or from that kind of era, I would put if you pop at the frame. That's them. That. This is
0: them on the old grey whistle test, looking exactly. gorgeously pop-up. pouty yeah. and totally Rolling Stones. <laughs> there he is, Mr. Jagger. Yeah, I won't go. In.
4: Very oh, yeah. glam rock, isn't it? Yeah,
0: yeah, no, very, very glam rock. Good stuff. I, love,
4: I saw that when I was at that, when that episode was on the BBC. I must have been about thirteen or fourteen, and I saw that, and it was like a pivotal point in my decision to become a musician. So, ah. uh, the New York Dolls very much. I would like one of my favourite bands ever. Actually,
0: interesting influences. Yeah. Dave Spears, I mean, you've got some great photos. There's some fantastic photos in this archive, actually, of uh, of them with Debbie Harry, and Debbie Harry looks absolutely one, just looks just totally foxy. Uh, I think this is the shot. This is the shot for me. Uh, Where is it? There. She's making a silly face, but she just looks great. And there's some pictures of her with, uh, I think, I don't know which one that is, but you've got some good photos, I'm sure. But are there that sort of particular images that just sort of capture absolutely everything about a particular moment or era for you?
1: Uh, Yeah, as you know, I'm quite obsessive about photography. Uh, In fact, weirdly enough, when I worked for Debbie, uh, most of our conversations revolved around, uh, she did that video drone film, which I was kind of, Quite into, and she gave me this book called Oh God. It might have even just been called Sex and Dr- Sex, Drugs and Rock and Roll, which is which is nothing but photographs from that whole kind of era, you know, CBGBs and all of that kind of thing. Amanda Lear, all of those things, and uh I
0: know that.
1: they are really iconic, just really iconic kind of pictures. And some of them are just snaps, you know, but they just they really do kind of capture that moment. There's something about photography that kind of. Do you think?
0: Do you think that we that it's more? We feel that there's more invested in now because those people those we're so much more familiar with their faces now than we were at the time the photos were taken. They sort of change over time, don't they?
1: It's possible. Yeah. I mean, really, from my perspective, it's funny. Chris worked with like a million more bands on the road than me and saw loads of uh, things. And yet we never, it was kind of, it was very uncool to take pictures and we never really, none of us ever took any photographs, you know, whether it was backstage or, you know, side stage or anything. I, I did take some on the Debbie tour because I was kind of reaching an age where I knew that I didn't want to do a road, go out on the road too much anymore. And, and some of those pictures are just brilliant. But I think it's that kind of... That idea, you know, that role, little, isn't it?
4: Yeah, yeah, and that
1: little, you get that kind of glimpse of, oh yeah, you know, ah, oh, that's what, because we all know what really goes on. <laughs> they just go have a nice cup of tea and go to bed. After I've they, got yeah. a fantastic story about, the, I mean, Wakeman's told us like loads of really cool stories and I have a really superb story, which I will tell you, but I can't tell you.
0: Oh, no, on it. And Which involves
1: somebody <laughs> called Laurie and it's just such a, it's a brilliantly heartwarming story. Okay,
0: we'll have to uh, we'll have to take your word for that and uh, hear it later. But uh, mm. there's some good. Gaz, uh, do you sort of chronicle your adventures when you're on the road, match, or do you kind of leave it to to chance?
2: Um, yeah, it's strange actually. Like like Dave was saying, I think until the advent of mobile phones with cameras on, you know. Um, yeah, the amount of stuff I did and never have any kind of photo record of it is terrible, really. But um, what what it was making me think of, though, in a way, though, was you're talking about like kind of atmosphere and um, and nowadays in venues, especially since the smoking ban came in, there's a real lack of atmosphere in places. I mean, it, it's weird, like before, you'd have all wisps of smoke hanging off everything, you know, and sort of they just kind of give atmosphere. So if you did take photos there, things are obscured by all this kind of cigarette smoke everywhere. And now when you go to venues, everything's very stark.
0: And, and too and, many megapixels at the same time, eh? <laughs> too high res.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I think there is, you know, I mean, there's a bunch of different reasons that why things look uh, the way they do. But I was looking at some photos from the early 90s recently, and it's funny how Things have an age to them, don't they? And like these photos from the early 90s, I thought, oh, right, okay, they just the not just the clothes, I don't know if it's to do with the chemicals of the films and when you're getting them developed or whatever. Um, uh,
4: well. and the hair, hair <laughs> makes a massive amount of difference,
2: yeah. Well, except my hair was always like with the 70s, I think, but um,
4: yeah.
0: <laughs> I think, yeah, I um. Some places actually now they do they they just kind of you, you have smoke machines in them you know so there's always a little something in the air to to uh, to kind of keep that that haze to it you know.
1: It's a really interesting argument with this Instagram thing. You know, my nipper's kind of obsessive about it. And why is everyone making everything look so retro now? You know, we're going to end up. The argument is is that we could end up with a generation of people who have no real pictures that are of today. Because everything looks like yesterday. It's kind of strange.
0: Mm. Yeah. Well, I suppose digi- digital photography, unless you get to a very high standard and have those sort of lenses which just stylize things, has very little atmosphere um, just as, as a snap. I mean, you know, in the, obviously the com- composition of the image can, can be great and, and look beautiful and there are countless examples of that. But as a general rule, it's not atmospheric in the same way.
4: Isn't there a Photoshop filter you can get, though, where you just click on your focal point and then it turns it into like a fisheye kind of I'm sure. There's loads. I mean,
0: we use we use all sorts. Uh, we've got a new online image editor, which we've now integrated into our CMS. It's called uh, pixlr.com, P-I-X-L-R.com, uh, yeah. and you can just upload images to that, and it's got things like focal blur, so you can just go, I want that to be the middle, and then everything else around it just sort of... Washes away. Some, you know, there's all sorts of stuff you yeah, do now. Exactly. But but that's yeah. not the same thing as it being at the point of taking. You've then got to do something afterwards. It's kind of not the same. It's not the same process, is it? It's not the moment. It's the sort of moment, and then what shall I make it look like now? You know, it's not quite the same thing, I suppose.
1: No, and it's really. I've I've actually given my nipper. My nipper's doing. Freya's doing A level photography now. She got hundred percent in her GCSE, which was pretty stunning. And uh, I've dug out my old Canon. Film camera, and I'm going to make her go out with a roll of film and just go, right, let's see yeah, what they look it. like by comparison. Yeah, because kids actually don't kids understand don't. the whole concepts of depth of field. You know, when they're doing GCC, it's more about composition, it's not about, you know, depth of field and apertures and shutter speeds and stuff. It's very strange.
4: I think anybody who's listening to this podcast who's under 25, say, we should give them a calculator and a set of instructions. <laughs> on how to get samples into time by uh time stretching and pitch shifting and see how they get on actually or
1: well, better still just can you write boobs
0: <laughs> calculator <laughs> yeah. or hello yeah <laughs> oh boobs on a calculator there's another possible show title as well i think and and yeah. i can find the image as well i want to see an upso- upside down commodore um what's what was the name of that the, 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 there's, there's, there are a classic um.
4: sinclair yeah, I it was don't a Sinclair remember. one, wasn't it, that with red LEDs?
0: Yeah, that's it. Right, boobs on a calculator. That's a great uh, <laughs> link bait. <laughs> um,
2: that's
0: yes, mention
2: of uh, the sneak preview of Ableton Live.
0: Yes, there was a bit. I, I only heard a very small amount of this. Um, there was uh, apparently a video was leaked onto the Ableton YouTube channel I mean that's just uh, doesn't you know that doesn't add up obviously that's just rubbish they put a video up and created yeah. a story around it but I haven't seen it that's something that's passed me by this week I've been rather busy perhaps you can fill me in
2: <laughs> uh, well the video doesn't show a great deal but what it does show is it shows like a new compressor called the glue which is, yeah like a new and then it shows uh, how they've changed the the, uh, the EQ so it looks a little.
0: Oh, you've muted, Gaz. You've gone. Am I? It's, it's so atomic, isn't it? Atomic. Yeah. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Now yeah. you're back.
4: Okay. I
0: don't know what happened there? Um. Yeah,
2: it is. I think they've just licensed that. So, so it was just showing, and it. A couple of plugins. Whoopee. Not even that. I mean, apart from the glue, which is a new one, it was just showing how the EQ and the compressor had sort of um, had some, you know, some updates. But the thing that was quite interesting was in one of the shots, you actually got to see a little bit of the interface as well. So, you know, so, uh, you know I'm a long time, long time Ableton live user. I've been using it since 2002. Um, so Always followed it quite keenly, so I, I was kind of keen to see what I did spot. And there's like a new browser, uh, which is actually a lot better, actually, than uh, the current sort of browser on the le- on the left-hand side. Um, and also a couple of intriguing little buttons on top. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. But I think they, I, I think it was, as you say, I think it was probably like a deliberate little. Uh,
0: well, it must little have been. I mean, you can't. Well, I mean, you know. I, how can you accidentally publish a video on YouTube and then not delete it? I mean it just doesn't work like that, does it?
2: Yeah, I think um you know, I think it it's uh it's
0: a teaser, I think it's called.
2: But I think concentrating all I was gonna say, but then concentrating on just these very fundamental sort of plugins as the first hint of it. Um I you know, just wondering is that kind of is that deliberate to kind of show that it, Maybe going in a bit more of a serious sort of direction, or you know,
0: I, I'm, uh... I don't know. I mean, I know that there's going to be announcements sometime coming soon, and we'll see what it is. But I, I've I, I did I was talking to somebody at the weekend actually, thinking about it, and because they said, Have you seen this? and I said, No. And apparently, uh, the reason it's taken so long and so little it seems to have outwardly changed is a lot of what's going on under the hood has been completely rewritten to accommodate new architecture and to be able to build from here and continue onwards without dragging all this sort of legacy stuff that, you know, is slowing me down as we've talked about in the past. So I think that's what's been going on, um, to a degree. And that's maybe, you know, something that we might not immediately see the benefit of straight away, but, um, as I understand what's been going on, I noticed Dave was nodding there, but probably cannot say a word, Mm -hmm. just nodding.
1: No, I can't say a word.
0: Um, but yeah, Ableton Live will be coming soon. Um, and and I think Max is integrated in it fully as well. I as far as I call. Oh, the only thing I remember, and this is something that, I, that from the very beginning, a bloody great big bar counter, so that when you're the drummer or whoever and you're triggering things, I can't say this is a tiny little bar counter in the top corner. I just want a massive one across the screen so that you can just see where you are all the time. Doesn't seem mm. like much to ask, but you know, hey, just a little thing.
1: I think Anders a laptop just dedicated to the to logic's giant bar counter
4: yeah exactly yeah why
1: that's cost effective well actually they looked at getting somebody to make them something that was big and giant that they could see and it turned out it was more cost effective just to go out and buy a slightly older macbook or something like that and And just run it as
0: as a bar counter yeah yeah okay um, anybody else have got anything to add? Because we're heading to the time when I have to do the wrap-up because I've got to head off and uh, and enjoy some birthday cake. Yay! No,
1: no we, okay. we didn't talk about uh, the 6... Um, sorry, 64-bit. Um, 12-bit. Uh, 8-bit... twelve. No, 12.
0: Oh, that, that 8-bit uh, mode machines thing.
1: Sorry, I'm getting all CDO about this, which is like obsessive compulsive, but in the correct alphabetical order. <laughs> right.
0: And <laughs> uh, The mode machines thing. Yes. Yeah, No. well, maybe we'll Do get that, those mate. that way because that's got one of the finest uh, uh, videos of such a small device I've seen for a long time. Very good fun. But I think for now, perhaps we'll leave it. And I want to thank everybody for joining us. Thanks for those listening and watching live. And um, in the chat room, obviously, if you've not been here before, you may be watching the archive on YouTube, sonicstate.com forward slash live, 4pm UK time, you can get to participate in this. And you get to see the chat room as well. I'll just pop them in there. There they they all go. Um, And um, we'd love to see you there. So thank you very much. But we'll start with you, Mark. Thank you very much for joining us. Mark Tinley over there in uh, the east of England.
4: Hello. No, goodbye.
0: Like, goodbye. <laughs> LikeBeing.com, thanks for joining us. I very much appreciated uh, the making yeah, the effort to get
4: welcome. back. Oh, uh, I was, I was uh, hugging Indian women in London that was at, a, at a guru fest, which was all very exciting. And if it hadn't been for this little baby, my mobile solar charger, I'd never have known what the hell was happening. So that was good.
0: Wow. Well, that sounds like an intriguing conversation for another time. Thank you very much. Yes. And um, Dave Spears over there, who's fiddling with his MS-20 um, from GeForce Software, makers of
1: fine musical instruments. Hey go. I just thought I'd annoy you just one last time this week.
0: Thank you, Dave. Um, rack extensions and all sorts of other good things. Just head over to geforcesoftware.com. And, of course, uh, we've got Rich Hilton, who's over there in sunny Connecticut, who, as I like to... Uh, in my mind's eye, I imagine the, um, the limousine waiting to whisk him off to perform vital tasks on the, the final finishing touches on the latest hit record to come out of Nile Rogers' hit factory. Rich Hilton? Yes,
3: my tricycle is idling in the driveway as we speak.
0: Excellent. Rich Hilton, Hiltonius.com. Oh, that's not him. That's him there. Thank you very much for joining us. A pleasure, as always. Um, we'll look forward to uh, speaking to you very soon. And of course, we've got Gaz Williams over there in Bristol. Um, Gaz, with the uh, I think I'm hoping Gaz that you'll be able to play us out with a little bit more rock, rockisms. If you're still set up for that, uh, Gaz Williams. Of course, uh, you can follow him on uh, Twitter at Gaz Goldstar. He'll have to make a bit of noise so that I can switch to a full screen rendition of his uh, his face. Oh. Yes, here I am. Ah, there he is. There we go, Gaz. Anyway, Gaz, thank you very much for joining us, and I'm hoping that you'll be able to play us out with a little bit of your uh, your Ableton rock instrument because that just uh, that's awesome. Uh, okay. Right, and that's it. That'll be Sonic Talk for this week, and I'm going to leave you with uh, Gaz's rock instrument. <laughs> Awesome. He looks a little bit like the bloke in the Monty Python thing where turning over and playing the organ there. (laughs) Fantastic. Thank you very much. Uh that's it. Um that's Sonic Talk number two hundred and eighty-eight. Over for the week. Woohoo!